Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, Saving Babies and Souls, ADF, Defending the First Amendment Rights of Free Speech and Religious Liberty, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys, Neil and John and Roger, myself, Bob. Hey, guys, how are you? How was Memorial Day weekend? Great. One was nice. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. How about yours? Oh, just, it was great. You know, we, we went up north. Uh, we got a place up north, and all the boys, all six boys were there, and the, the grandkids, and we just, we spent the whole weekend either on the boat Playing games, playing cornhole, sitting on the deck. Uh, it was, and we had a cornhole tournament. And yes, that's right. I enjoyed the championship of the cornhole tournament with uh, my second oldest son. So we just had a blast. You know, it was really nice to, to get out and hang out with the kids. So the weather getting warm. This is getting to be like LA weather here. Roger's like, yeah, psh, 80. What's that? But you know, for us, that's not bad. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about a couple of different things. First, we're going to be talking about the debt ceiling deal that was hammered out between Kevin McCarthy and Joe Biden, which we're broadcasting this on Wednesday morning. So we really don't know yet, as of now, what's going to happen in the House as far as whether Kevin McCarthy is going to be able to rally up enough votes for this thing to pass the House. And then, of course, it's got to go to the Senate. We see what happens there. But we're going to try to analyze all the ups and downs, ins and outs, pros and cons of this debt deal. Then in the second half of the podcast, we're going to talk about Rogers Backyard, the L.A. Dodgers and their planned Pride Night game event on June 16th, where they have reinvited these bunch of hairy men posing as Catholic nuns, sexualized drag queens, grossly inappropriate, sisters of perpetual indulgence, they call themselves. And so this is basically a day at the ballpark to take your 10-year-old son to, right? Anyway, we'll talk about that as well. So let's start, though, with the debt deal. Uh, as we, like I say, as we broadcast this this morning, we don't know how the House is going to come down on this yet. There should theoretically be a vote today. But this debt deal, there's a lot of opinions on both sides of this. You've got some Republicans that are very much against it. The real fiscal hawks are against it, saying, bottom line, you're still spending $4 trillion extra dollars. Uh, then you get Kevin McCarthy who says, yeah, but wait a minute here. We're really scaling back the debt two point, you know, a little over $2 trillion, even though the CBO just came out and said, well, it's really $1.5 trillion reduced off our national debt over the course of the next 10 years. So it is scaling back at least a little bit in that direction. However, uh, you get Democrats, many of them that are upset with this as well. You got the student loan forgiveness part of this. That gets to stay. It shouldn't stay, but McCarthy's thinking is probably, well, maybe the Supreme Court will get rid of that for us, so let's not die on that hill if the Supreme Court's probably going to get rid of it anyway since it's unconstitutional, but we'll at least make Joe Biden end the pause on payments so they have to keep making pay start making payments again. The SNAP program and the no-work requirements, uh, we do have no-work requirements, but it's increased from age 
49 to age 54 over that. So basically, if you're 55 or up, you're allowed to be a bum and milk the government for SNAP programs if you're able-bodied and able to get a job and you just don't want to. All right, so, uh, but there's disagreements there. You've got the military that has an increase of 3.2%, okay, but that's below inflation, so it kind of works out to a net decrease in military spending. Is this a good deal or is this a bad deal? You got some Republicans like Kevin McCarthy and Newt Gingrich who say, yes, this is a good deal. You can't bite off more than you can chew. You try to get too much and nothing ends up happening. Let's be incremental here. At least we're getting the Democrats to move slightly. I tend to look at this and say it's one big frustration because I'm just sick and tired of the Democrats being able to enjoy 100% of what they want. And we're celebrating because, hey, the Democrats are only getting 95% of what they want instead of 100%. And so, and the Democrats are upset even about that. Uh, I Just once I'd like to see what it looks like to actually have a 50-50 compromise deal. Uh, but it always seems like the Republicans are if we give up if we give up a mile less an inch the democrats complain about the inch that they had to give up so it seems to me we're giving up an inch or two and that's about it uh, or they're giving up an inch or two and they ought to have to give up more than that so i'm not a real fan of this deal but i also realize for practical purposes, it, maybe it's the right thing to do. I don't know. So that's kind of what I would throw, the, throw it around the table, see what everybody thinks. Whoever wants to grab this first, is this a good deal? This is a bad deal? What do you yeah, guys think of it? It's not, I mean, it's a deal. I don't know, yeah. if Bob, you could say whether it's good, bad, or otherwise. It's a deal. I mean, you knew something was going to happen. You can't go without having some sort of a a ceiling raise. And I know there's a lot of folks out there that might disagree with me on that. But guys, you, you cannot not do some sort of a deal have the ceiling raised i mean would we default we've already discussed that in previous episodes no we wouldn't default but when it's all said and done these are keep in mind this is the thing people forget all of what we're dealing with today has been approved prior by a previous congress we just now have the ability to cut back some things that have been already pre-approved now you can disagree with that, agree with it, doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is everything in there has been pre-approved. There just wasn't enough limit to make it all happen. So this is where the negotiations start as to what are you going to allow to be increased versus not increased. And as you said, Bob, there's some there's some give and take. Do I like the deal? I would just soon have none of it raised, but you're right. not going to get that. I mean, that that's my take on it. We have way too much debt as it is, and fr- frankly, we've got to figure out a way to start chipping away at the now $40 trillion in debt we'll now have when this is all said and done. So the reality is we've got to start going the other direction and chipping away at that. We're not. This is just adding to it. And But the reality is this has already been done, and until we get somebody at the helm that will— and this is where, again, I love Donald Trump dearly, but he wasn't a guy to cut this either. So the reality right. is until we get somebody at the helm willing to really— get in there and go through each individual area of budgets across the entire board and start cutting, which I don't know who that's ever going to be because no one ever wants to talk about that. Even even Christians, guys, to be honest, this is a side note, but no one ever wants to bring up the fact that Social Security in and of itself, the way it is today, is not sustainable, but yet no one on it, of course, ever wants to talk about that elephant in the room either. So the reality is the majority of people take way more out than they put into Social Security. I'm going to get beat up for that comment, I know, because even Christians don't agree with me when I say that. But the reality is there's all sorts of things, you know, society-wise, we've got to look at and start taking cuts at, or we're not going to survive, guys. No, I look, I, I, 
agree with you completely. First of all, as far as Social Security, uh, George W. Bush, who I'm not a fan of now, but at least I appreciated the fact that he tried to at least partially allow voluntary privatization of Social Security, which I think we got to do. Let's let's allow people to attach it to the stock market or some investments or things like that uh, at a certain age. We'll have some kind of safety net for them. Uh, but you know, he, he tried to do that, and of course, a dishonest, corrupt media basically became stenographer, stenographers for the Democratic Party and made a bunch of false claims about what that was. Uh, but no, you're right in a general sense. And, and that's why I suppose... Yeah, really quick, even, Bob, that's, that's an area where, I mean, you think even as, as conservatives and Christians, it's an area where everybody in politics, both sides of the aisle, conservative, Democrat, doesn't matter where you're at, they all know that's a topic no one ever wants to discuss because it's political suicide, yet... It's one of the biggest elephants in the room when it comes to how could we reorganize things and start cutting back on this forty now trillion dollars in debt that we have as a country. I know yeah. it, well, it, it it really is insane. And actually, let's let's do this if we could because Neil, I want to get your take on this. I want to get Rogers on this as well. We got a lot uh, more to unpack as we go through this discussion on the debt ceiling. But as we discuss this, all right, as we uh, talk about money being spent, you have to be willing to look at what. You know, how much money do we bring in and how much money do we send out? Okay, you hear us talking about preborn all the time. We appreciate you folks supporting preborn, right? But I also understand that if it's a case where you'd like to give $10,000 to preborn, hey, that's great, but you don't have that, okay? You don't take out a credit card to do that. We need to be fiscally responsible. So that's why we ask you, when you hear me talking about preborn, for example, pray about this, look over your budget and ask yourself, hey, Here's how much I'd like to give, but that's not realistic. Here's how much I can give. And whatever that amount is, that's what we want you to give. Remember, Preborn is the pro-life group that shows those ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms all across the country in pro-life centers. And those moms choose life when they see their unborn baby's picture. But it takes money. we got to pay for those ultrasound images. Here's the dollars of it, folks. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life through ultrasound images. What we're asking you to do is this. Take $28 times fill in the blank. What is that number? Uh, is it 10 babies? Is it 100 babies? Is it 1,000 babies? I don't know what you can afford, okay? But whatever it is, we're asking you for a one-time gift right now. And your forever legacy is going to be that you stopped that many abortions, that that many babies' lives were saved because of what you gave. So $28 times whatever that number is that maybe God lays on your heart. Here's how you give. Go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. That's CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the Preborn tab, and you can give right there. And everything you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. And if you want to give over the phone, you can talk to a real live person 24-7. Just call right now, 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-BABY. And just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing that. And we always appreciate you folks listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure everybody knows too, that you can listen to us all kind of places, Apple, Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever. Some of you listen to us on your regular radio station. Hey, that's fine if you do. The second half of the podcast, some regular radio stations play the second half at a different time. 
So if that's your situation, just go to the website of your local radio station and go to the program guide and look where they play the second half or just listen to us online wherever you listen to them. Anyways, we continue talking about the uh, the debt deal. Roger, so let me get – I'm sorry, uh, Neil, let me get your take on this real quick if we could because I, I – honestly, I'm frustrated by this deal. I'm frustrated by the fact that Republicans are always the ones that are giving 90 percent and the Democrats balk because they have to give up a slight 10 percent here or there. But at least it's something, uh, and at least it moves the goalpost a little bit, not as much as I'd like to, but at least it moves it a little bit. So maybe that becomes a new starting point for Republicans in the future to move it even more toward the center. I don't know. Maybe I'm just having a bad attitude about this deal, and I ought to uh, accept what Kevin McCarthy is trying to do. Well, what's your take on this? Don't be grumpy, Bob. Come on. <laughs> I you know. know. <laughs> Come on, man. No. Come on, man. <laughs> you know. Life is filled with wins and losses, and I want to talk about a win in just a minute, but let me just say, from my perspective, I think this is a loss, not just for Republicans, but for everybody. I think we got the short end of the stick again, and I think that's typical um, when it comes to negotiating over things like this. So, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, based on the last election and retaking the House, that we had more bargaining power than uh, seemed to be present in the end, you know, that we gave up too much. That's my overall opinion. But I'm just looking at this from a practical standpoint. Now, I don't understand all this stuff. I'm not an economist. You know, like I can't speak in great detail about how the debt ceiling works. But I know this, that if you make $100,000 a year and you've got $500,000 in credit card debt, and then you, you make an agreement with yourself, you say, next year, I'm only going to spend $150,000. Remember, of course, you only make $100,000. Rather than the $200,000 I was planning to spend next year, well, you know, that's that's going to be good for me. No, it isn't. It's a loss for everybody, your family, your kids, your grandkids. And that's my biggest concern. We keep... Well, you just raise your credit limit. Come on, what's the problem? Well, sure. <laughs> We're just kicking this can down the road to I know, steal a phrase that's been used a million times. And, uh, and, you know, John, $40 trillion in debt. I remember in the 1990s talking about this when we were... We were blown away that it was four trillion dollars in debt so it's 10 times the amount of debt now today and this problem isn't going to go away if congress keeps spending like that so i think it's a loss for everybody ultimately we can talk about some more of the specifics of it i guess but um, that's my take on it but let me let me share a little good news uh, a big win mm-hmm. all right so we'll take some we'll take some seriously we talk about religious freedom all the time on this program uh, and our faithful national Crawford roundtable sponsor adf got us a big win uh, but they need us they need help i'm going to tell you about it in a second but we need those 40 listeners today to donate 50 dollars by clicking on the adf banner at crawfordmediagroup.net why does this matter because these gifts are making a huge difference for religious freedom you may have heard uh, about roger certainly would have heard about the california churches that were forced by state mandate to include funding for abortion in their employee health insurance plans in all four churches including skyline church well-known church in california represented by adf filed lawsuits objecting to the mandates and they won a huge victory for religious freedom and the sanctity of life Um, what's more um, california officials uh, were forced to pay 1.4 million dollars to help cover the church's attorney's fees that ought to bring a big smile (laughs) Uh, true religious freedom means churches don't have to violate their conscience or their biblical beliefs and adf at no cost to skyline church made sure that happened so to help protect our religious freedom, I just want to throw in that we need to support our trusted sponsor. $50, $100, whatever you can do, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF banner. And literally in less than 60 seconds, you can help protect religious freedom for all Americans. And we need to because one day 
it's going to be too late. So give today. Click on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. All right. Wins and losses, Roger. It's your turn. Well, you know, this is a, that the, the case you were talking about is a big win, and I think it's a huge win for us as believers, too, because uh, Pastor Jeremy McGarity, who's the lead pastor at Skyline, is a programmer for Crawford Broadcasting. Uh, Skyline Radio is heard on KBRT, KCBC, several times a day. He's been a regular contributor to the Bottom Line Show, and I have absolutely no doubt that, uh, you know, the, the Jeremy was looking at this thing saying, hey, we've been fighting this thing for a decade. We've got to come up with some resolution. By the way, he's also a former pro ball player. And in the second half of the podcast, we talk about the Dodgers. I'll be hearkening back to his baseball chops <laughs> awesome. as well. But, you know, as we talk about this debt issue, it, one of the things that is frustrating for all of us, of course, is there's no way we could run our houses like this. At the same time, we also understand that the government of, for, and by the people is not a person. It's an entity, right? And so they're going to set up things that work best for them and for the people who are there trying to get in there and, and glom off of it. And you see the markets go up and down because of the fact that the government does what they do regarding taxes and this, that, and the other thing. And the calm in the eye of that hurricane is Dennis Wilson, because here's Dennis sitting smack dab in the middle saying, you know what's happening with my clients right now when they see the stock market go up and down? Nothing. They're, they're resting easy because they've made the good decision to find stewardship opportunities for their investments to say, hey, look, how do I maximize my return? How do I minimize my loss? He's got several programs that literally guarantee you will not never lose money in these accounts. And then how do I also get added benefits like long-term medical care and things that you can't get in the open market anymore, but you can with these products? And then, oh, by the way, they're going to try to raise taxes, not on our watch, because we're invested in tax-free or tax-deferred or tax-reduced programs. And so that's why I, I, I can hear Dennis breathing a sigh of relief for all of his clients right now, regardless of what happens to the piling on of the debt. And I encourage you, as a National Crawford Roundtable podcast listener, to do the same. Uh, click on the Wilson Financial banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net or call 800-696-9970 because you, you owe it to yourself, you owe it to your family, but also this is a stewardship issue too. And I think, guys, that's part of the reason why we're so frustrated with this. I look at the fact that they're not going to fund the 87,000 IRS agents. I'm trying to find the silver linings here, looking for the wins. Yeah, we were expecting a lot more. But guys, remember, we were told there's going to be a red wave and we barely eked out a mm -hmm. majority of conservatives mm -hmm. in the House. We had we expected that it would be kind of a walk and this would be the new order. And then all of a sudden, remember those four or five, you know, the Marjorie Taylor Greens and whatever who were you know, demanding that Kevin McCarthy be more accountable. I think if, if CNN says this is a win for Kevin McCarthy, then at least we could, which is what they were doing last night as I was watching. Um, they said, you know, it's kind of a win for Biden. It's a win for McCarthy. I mean, you have to look at it for what it is and say, okay, it's not great. It's not horrible. There's some wins in there. There's some losses. Overall, we're all kind of feeling kind of, eh, you know, about it. But at the end of the day, it could have been worse. Well, you know what? They got the IRS funding of $80 billion. About $21 billion of that gets rolled back. So, all right. So, they're ultimately giving up maybe about a fourth of the IRS funding. They're still going to be able to hire new agents, but maybe not 87,000 of them. Okay. The AOC crowd is all furious, the Green New Deal people, because Joe Manchin got his pipeline in West yeah, Virginia, Joe. which, by the way, is a good thing. Yeah, okay. Joe. Yeah, yeah you go, know. Joe. No, you know what? Exactly. And so that's him exerting some of his uh, muscle as a moderate, one of the few, very few moderates, him and Kristen Sinema maybe in the uh, in the Senate for the Democrats. But, you know, the COVID funds, okay, you know, some of the money comes back. All right, that's good. But still a bunch of COVID money is being used. I guess there's just no getting around the fact that this is a case where the Democrats are still getting to keep 
most of what they want. Student loan forgiveness is still there, and it just goes from age 49 to 55, all right? The the military spending is increasing at a rate below inflation. Yeah, we stay somewhat flatlined as far as spending goes, but that's just over the course of the next couple of years. So all in all, if I were in Congress, if I were in the House, I would probably put a clothespin on my nose and vote yes. I got to admit it. But but there would still be this sense of, okay, but enough is enough. We're actually learning to fight. We're learning to grow a backbone. Okay, let's let's not pretend like we got some huge major victory here. We didn't. We gave up. We let the Democrats keep most of what they want, and we actually got them to move a little bit. Okay, fine. But that just means we're not going to stop this trajectory. If they have that attitude, then okay, fine. If they feel like, hey, we actually had a big success, and now let's slide back to how things used to be in the past, then no, forget it. Then I then I'm with. Uh, then I'm with John and say, hey, let's just let this so-called quote-unquote default happen and forget it. Don't raise the debt ceiling at all. So I'm hoping they learn from this. I'm hoping that they become fighters, and I'm really hoping that Trump maybe well, becomes more of a mind, fiscal conservative. As you, as you said, this isn't over yet. It's, it's got to make it through both you know, the, the House and the Senate. Now, I mean, this is just the deal on paper. It hasn't been voted on yet. Yeah, no, I know, I know, and we'll so things could change. And and the what? Democrats are going to be demanding a whole bunch more stuff. And I just have a bad feeling that Kevin McCarthy, by by the time the final thing is hammered out, I don't see it sliding a little bit more toward fiscal sanity. I see it sliding a little bit more toward the Democrats' uh, side and what they demand. But I, you know, I hope I'm proven wrong. We'll see. Yeah, it depends yeah. on the Freedom Caucus, and there's a lot of other pressures that'll be coming on McCarthy as well. So I. Good question. And the Freedom Bob. Caucus is tired of caving in constantly, and I don't blame them. I agree. So you know? let me ask you a question because I don't get this part. Like, uh, what was it, May 11th? They finally said, okay, COVID's not a quote emergency anymore, and they finally allowed Canadians to come to the U.S. without having to prove that they were vaccinated, and a lot of other things changed, I guess, regarding some of the mandates and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, on what basis were students not required to start repaying these loans again maybe a year ago? You're talking $5 billion per month right. of revenue for the government. How long were we going to perpetuate this? Like, forever? At what point do students have to start paying back their loans? My kids paid back their loans. I paid back my loans. Like, why? how, how come... They were able to slide for so long. And what reasoning? Yeah, oh, I know. That's, that's, I when know. Bob, you said it earlier, that's the one going through the courts that I think, and I think McCarthy's right on that one, by the way. That one's not worth arguing yep. over because I don't think it holds up in court anymore. Right. It, it can't, and, and by the way, let me just remind everybody too, okay, this student loan forgiveness plan of Joe Biden's, not only is it unconstitutional, even Nancy Pelosi said it's not constitutional to do this, to go around Congress. But remember, this is dirty politics at its worst. This is a favor for the Democratic Party base, because if the argument's going to be, well, hey, people are having a hard time financially paying off their student loan debt because of all the COVID restrictions and hardship. Okay, people don't have a hard time paying off their mortgage debt or car loan debt or credit card debt. That debt is just the same, but there's a difference. Mortgage debt, car loan debt, credit card debt, you have an equal amount of Republicans and Democrats that hold that debt. However, you have a disproportionate amount of Democrat voters who hold student loan debt. So this is just one big favor for them. Imagine if Donald Trump said, we're going to help people pay off some of their debt, but we're going to cherry pick specifically mm, church or pro-life center mortgages. Everybody would go, are you crazy? <laughs> you can't right. do that. All right. Well, that's what Joe Biden did. And nobody seems to want to talk about that part of it. 
Uh, and it's like, no, you can't cherry pick a, a Democrat voting base debt and, and say that's what we're going to forgive and not all the other kind of debt that people are struggling just as much. I say don't forgive any of the debt, but if you're going to cherry pick something, you can't pick your own bases. So yeah, I'm well, getting on a rant. Something no, similar. Right. I don't know if we have time, but a real quick question. Regarding, okay, they didn't make any changes to Medicaid. That's a given. But on... Um, you know, temporary assistance for needy families, uh, TANF, right? And SNAP, the, the food stamp kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, so they raised the requirement to work from 49 to 54. Okay, so that sounds like a good thing. But also, um, the trade-off was that it's now easier for veterans, homeless people, and, and young people, youths leaving foster care, you know, coming out of foster care homes right. to get the aid. That's kind of a trade-off, so it's really kind of a wash. I don't know that we gained Actually, it's not even a wash. Actually, Neil, it's not even a wash. If you look at the CBO numbers, the CBO says that this will actually put more people uh, on the... uh, It'll put more people on the... Right. Or or actually put more of them on this. Right. Right. So it actually ends up being a loss. It actually ends up being a gain for the Democrats. But just philosophically speaking, it's not right at any age... Unless somebody's a senior citizen and their retirement age, okay, fine. But if somebody is if somebody is of working age, I don't care if they're forty nine or fifty four. If you're of working age and you're healthy and you're able bodied, no, you know, you don't get to be a bum and and sit on the couch and drink beer and collect your government check just because you don't want to go to work. Uh, and that's pretty much what the Democrats are pushing here for, and they're angry that oh well, we're just going to make people be able to start being a bum at fifty-five instead of fifty. That's not right. But, well, they remember yeah. the uh, welfare to workfare issue too from Gingrich and Clinton back in what was it ninety-four and ninety-five, and how successful that was. Twenty-five percent of the uh, people who were on welfare once that program was enacted, and the program remember how dastardly it was, how horrible it was for people who weren't uh, working and they were receiving assistance. You either had to look for a job every week or go to some kind of vocational training every week, or uh, enroll in school, local community college or something like that. And putting Mm -hmm. those three requirements, choose one of them and you can still keep getting your stuff. All of a sudden, 20% of the people who are getting getting welfare were off welfare. What a shock. Isn't that the whole point is to get people off of welfare? (laughs) I know. Well, it is is for conservatives. It's not for liberals. But I'll tell you what, we got uh, in the second half, we're going to shift this conversation to the L.A. Dodgers and the drag queen nuns and all that kind of stuff uh, in the second half. But in the meantime, I want to ask everybody again. When you listen to this podcast, if you appreciate what we're doing here and we appreciate you folks listening to us, we want you to support the sponsors of this podcast, okay? Support Dennis Wilson Financial, okay? Support ADF, support Preborn. If you haven't given to Preborn yet, do it now. Go to crawfordmediagroup.net and click on the Preborn tab. crawfordmediagroup.net, click on Preborn. You can give right there. Every penny you give goes to fund ultrasound images so that unborn babies can have their lives saved. Mom chooses life when she sees an ultrasound image of her baby almost all the time. So it takes money though, folks. $28 saves one baby's life, stops one abortion on average. So take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is, that's how many abortions you'll be responsible for stopping. Would you do that right now? CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on preborn, or just call 833 850 
baby and you'll talk to a real life person 24-7. You can give right over the phone. We appreciate you folks doing that. The second half coming up next. And remember, folks, we also appreciate your five-star reviews. Wherever you listen to us, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn. I mean, you name it, of course. And myhopenow.com. You can watch video of us at myhopenow.com. And you can also follow My Hope Now at whatever social media outlets that you go to as well. Second half coming up next. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California. Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Okay, so the second half. We're going to shift from the debt ceiling insanity debate to the insanity of what's going on with the L.A. Dodgers. Now, we've watched the the transgender movement on steroids, what it's been doing lately and with businesses. We've watched Bud Light, of course, and Transheiser Bush that's pushing transgenderism. And then we've watched Target stores and what they've done. Now, Kohl's stores are going down those same roads uh, as well. You got the L.A. Dodgers. And the L.A. Dodgers, they invited for their June 16th, quote, Pride Night, their LGBT rainbow flag-waving night. They invited this group that calls themselves Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. These are basically a bunch of bearded, hairy men who dress up with a bunch of really heavy makeup as drag queens. But the outfits are sexualized Catholic nun outfits. Well, there was some blowback from Catholic groups and Christian organizations, and so the Dodgers said, okay, yeah, we won't have them. Well, the LGBT groups went crazy because hell hath no fury like transgender groups scorned, and so the LA Dodgers backed down and said, we apologize. They issued a groveling apology that was, that appeared on rainbow-colored background with the LA and LA Dodgers modified to look like rainbow flag. As they say, we're sorry, we apologize. Apologize. We're going to better educate ourselves. And so here's the L.A. Dodgers now. Basically, bring your 10-year-old son to the ball game so that he can see a bunch of sexualized Catholic nun drag queens. I find it disgusting. I really do. And, Roger, obviously, we're going to get your take on this because this is your backyard. These are Roger's Dodgers. But I do want to remind everybody, and, Roger, I want to remind you, too, does the name Sam Brinton sound familiar to anybody? Sam Brinton oh, yeah. is that guy who kind of looks like Matt Damon in lipstick. Uh, he's a guy who high yeah. heels and a dress, goes bald, mustache, and he was who the Biden administration, who Joe Biden had as his deputy assistant secretary for the Office of Nuclear Energy, of course, this guy's in jail because he was stealing thousands of dollars of people's luggage from various airports. But this Sam Brinton guy, he was also the longtime Washington, D.C. chapter head of the Sisters for Perpetual Indulgence. This is one of those guys, one of those nun guys, and that's who Joe Biden names to a high-ranking government position in his administration to be in charge of nuclear waste. So that's just how crazy today's Democratic Party is. But Roger, man, what's going on with your Dodgers? Well, you know, it's funny. First of all, I, I, I say this most sincerely, no tongue-in-cheek intended, but I'm a diehard Angels fan. I mean, I have been since <laughs> no. I was seven years old. Amen. So, I mean, they, they're not Rodgers Dodgers, but this isn't our backyard. You know, the thing yeah. about the Dodgers having 
the Pride Night. I mean, the, every major league team has done it, and I'm proud to say that the last two MLB teams that finally caved were the Yankees and the Angels. I mean, the Dodgers were one of the early adopters here. In the 1980s, mid and late 80s, I was program director of a contemporary Christian music station here in town at KYMS in Orange County. And we got to know the people at the Dodgers and the Angels organizations because they had their own marketing departments for different segments of the population. The Dodgers had their faith and family crowd, and then they had their African-American crowd and Asian crowd. I mean, they had different marketing directors for each and every one of those things. We had Tommy Lasorda on speed dial if we wanted him. He was doing stuff for... Uh, billboards and things like that for our station. He never heard of KYMS, but you know, he would say, Hey, I want you to listen to this station. That's a great, I mean, the, the Dodgers were all over the faith and freedom group. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere about what, 10 years ago or so, they just kind of quietly stopped doing faith and freedom events. You know, the, the, the family freedom faith night, you know, that type of thing they would, you know, typically they pick a Sunday afternoon late in the season when they were well out of it. And they, you know, invite a local musician and say, Hey, you can stay on the field afterwards and run the bases. And one of our players will come out and give you a talk or something like that. But, you know, it's a way to sell tickets to those types of games. It was a fun type of event. Well, then they stopped doing it. But this whole thing with the sisters of perpetual indulgence, the thing that's so insinu- insidious about this is the fact that they are being defended, of course, by all the local media, LA Times running all sorts of puff pieces about, oh, the sisters do such great, you know, local charity work and this, that, and the other thing. Do a Google search of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence yeah. and find out what kind of quote unquote charity work they're involved in. It's all LGBT community events. They tried sponsoring some event on Castro Street in San Francisco a few years ago. And one of the revelers there showed up with an AK-47 and threatened to shoot people. They've never raised more than a couple thousand dollars and every organization that they're raising for is some AIDS cause or some HIV cause or something like that. So the people who are taking to the media and saying, you know, they do great work for homeless veterans. No, they don't. They really honestly don't. The fact that the Dodgers would say, we're going to single this group out as an example of our community service hero award and everything like that is just pure well, I don't know how to say it. It's a bunch of crap. There's, yeah. there's nothing, nothing legitimate about this. So right. then for them to do what you said, talked about, Bob, that, that, that two-step where the Dodgers, it was the anti, it was the Catholic vote group that actually approached them first and said, before the Archdiocese did and said, Hey, look, the, guys, this is crazy. Do you not have Catholic voters who go to your games? Our guess is it's way more Catholics than LGBTQ friendly. You, you got to pull this back. And they went, yeah, you're right. We screwed up. And then here comes the pink mafia. And next thing right. you know, the Dodgers are apologizing. The Dodgers are groveling. And then it's, and oh, by the way, uh, Clayton Kershaw wants to have faith in the family night again. So we'll do that in July. Well, after all the furors died down, I, I'm encouraging Christians not to take the bait. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. And at some point you have to ask the question, if you've seen the videos, which I know we're going to talk about of them mocking Jesus on the cross, you know, oh, that's how brutal. the group started was mocking on, I know. founded on Easter Sunday, 1979, mocking the resurrection of Christ. So I, mean, I know. What, what, what good could possibly come from supporting an organization like this that still boggles them? And celebrating it. You know, it's like, if these people want to have their own, if they want to rent out some KFC hall and have some kind of Catholic nun drag queen party for themselves, whatever. Not it's America. Out. Indulge yourself, I guess. But 
to be to get a community hero award and out in the middle of the stadium on the grounds for all the kids to be able to see and to celebrate something like this when let's face it we know there's not a chance in the world that major league baseball would sanction or approve drag queen hijab night or, or burqa night or or ta- or muslim imam night having muslim imams in turbans with uh, drag queen glitter coming off of them not a chance in the world but somehow this is acceptable major league ba- it's like what what's next uh, hot dogs and apple pie officially go transgender say like everything that's mm. americana is just going crazy but well, obviously we want to get we want to get neil and john in on this and as we continue this discussion we want to remind everybody that uh, you can do something right now to take action for good, okay? It takes money. I'm talking about saving babies' lives. I'm talking about stopping abortion. Hey, this transgender movement is insane. It is. But so is the abortion movement. It's like, oh, what can I do? I'm just one person. Here's what you can do. You can give right now to Preborn, which is the main pro-life group that partners with pro-life centers across the country to show ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms. Those moms choose life almost all the time when they see an ultrasound image of their baby. But somebody's got to pay for those ultrasound images. Uh, It's $28 to save one baby's life to stop one abortion. That's the average cost paying for ultrasound images. How many babies' lives can you save? We've had a lot of our listeners that have given already, and we appreciate that. We're asking the rest of you, though, if you haven't given yet, will you give right now a one-time gift? You say, well, how much? How much do I give? That's up to you. Pray about this. It's $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is, maybe God lays on your heart, that's how many babies' lives you will be responsible for saving, how many abortions you will have stopped. For the rest of your life, you'll be able to remember what you did in 2023 and how many abortions you stopped with this one-time gift. Is it $280 and that's 10 babies' lives? Is it $2,800? That's 100 babies' lives. What can you afford to do right now, one-time gift? Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Preborn tab, and you can give right there. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. And if you want to talk to a real live person on the phone, they answer 24 7. Call right now, 833 850 BABY. 833 850 BABY. You can give over the phone and just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. As we talk about the LA Dodgers now and their, their, Catholic nun drag queen celebration that they're having as part of their Pride Night event. It's just really a shame to see brand after brand after brand go completely down the tubes like this to the Pink Mafia. Ellie Dodgers is just the latest. And I know, Roger, this breaks your heart, being them being in your backyard. But, you know, it's going on all over the country. I mean, John, just some of your thoughts on whatever happened to the L.A. Dodgers brand, and for that matter, Major League Baseball. Yeah, I, I think, Bob, and what you just said a moment ago is it goes across all, you know, company lines. I mean, this isn't just one or two companies now. It's just becoming a, a, a virus, I guess is probably the best way to say it, is spreading from company to company. We're letting the less than 1% of the population now control what a lot of these companies are doing marketing wise but you know keep in mind this is this all comes back to their you know their equity and inclusive score and all the nonsense that even Wall Street keeps pushing and a lot of that's done by 
again, higher-ups at Vanguard and BlackRock and so on. So keep in mind, this is a part of a bigger master plan than just what even you know the Dodgers are going through right now. And one thing I want to make sure that we point out, Bob, you said it very well a few minutes ago. If these guys want to go do this on their own, go rent a hall, have fun, do whatever it is they want to do in their own little world, you know what? It's America. So be it. You know, you have right. the right to, for for free speech, any kind of speech, even speech we don't just, you know, even even the speech we disagree with, you have the right to that and we'll give them that right. I have no issues with that. But celebrating and sensationalizing and doing the things that's happening when it comes to some of these companies in this case the Dodgers and how they're promoting that particular lifestyle if you would, at some point we've got to just say enough is enough. This is nonsense. We're catering to the less than 1% and at some point it has to stop. Did you see that Disney uh, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique video yes. of that guy in a mustache Disgusting. as the fairy godmother? Disgusting. Uh, the little children. Come on in, little children. It's like, uh, it's child like, abuse, that's what the problem. It's grooming, yes. it's wrong, and it's got to stop. And that's what the problem is. Again, do it in your private parties. But my goodness. Uh, uh, Neil Boron, of course, Neil Boron Live, Buffalo, New York. What's your thought on this? Well, I've got a couple, and I'm happy to share them. I also, though, want to say thanks to Alliance Defending Freedom for supporting Christian values and religious right. freedom, because this is an example of what's happening to people and organizations all across the country. You know, if you hold a specific point of view, you may find yourself under attack when the most radical, fringe, disgusting, out-of-line view is celebrated, and people get awards for them. But, uh, you know... We need to, to support ADF. Uh, they're doing an incredible job uh, supporting religious freedom for individuals, for churches, for organizations. And that's why I'm going to encourage people to give $50 right now. We need 40 of you, in fact, to give $50 right now to help protect religious freedom. There was a woman in Oregon suing the state because officials there refused her application for adoption. Why? Because she wouldn't agree to take the children to get hormone replacement therapy for transgender confusion, if that should become an issue. The First Amendment guarantees that state governments don't get to choose which religious or ideological views they prefer and which they don't. That's, that's religious discrimination. And when government tries to prevent people of faith from opening their homes for adoption or foster care, ultimately it's the kids who suffer. Children deserve better than that. So thank God ADF agreed to take her case at no cost to her and is going to fight for her right uh, to act according to her biblical beliefs. And ADF would do the same for each one of us, free of charge. They never charge their clients a penny. And trust me, when this happens to us one day, and you got to believe it's going to, we want the army of attorneys from ADF on our side. So $50, $100, maybe some of you can give 1000 or more, whatever God lays on your heart to protect our religious freedom. It only takes you about 60 seconds. Just go to the ADF banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. That's crawfordmediagroup.net. I just want to say something here quick before Roger gets to chime in, but you know, a couple things right away. I don't know if you saw what Trevor Williams said. He's a pitcher for the Washington Nationals, and apparently they're in town playing the Dodgers this week. Go Nationals, all right? Just light them <laughs> up, all right? right? But he said, he said, quote, to invite and, and honor a group that makes a blatant and deeply offensive mockery of my religion and the religion of over 4 million people in Los Angeles County alone undermines the values of respect and inclusivity that should be upheld by any organization. Um, 
he wrote that on his Twitter account. He's got 43,000 followers. He went on to say, creating an environment in which one group feels celebrated and honored at the expense of another is counterproductive and it's wrong. It's a clear violation of the Dodgers' own discrimination policy, which explicitly states that any conduct or attire at the ballpark that's deemed to be indecent or prejudice against any particular group or religion is not tolerated. So he's, he's 100% right. I support everything he's saying there. And the Dodgers are undermining their own policy by allowing such a thing. It's wrong. It shouldn't happen. It's disgusting. And I hate to see that kind of thing in sports. But Roger, you you can probably share something a little more encouraging. Well, I'll show you one thing that's important. One of the reasons that Dennis Wilson and I are such good friends is because Dennis has been a volunteer Little League baseball coach for 38 years. I mean, we go. love going to Angel mm-hmm. Games together and talking baseball, talking strategy. Um, he's given me a lot of great Angels memorabilia. But we have a deep love of the game. I know that uh, when he, he and I were hanging out last week talking about the situation the Dodgers, he just shakes his head and says, what in the world is happening with this country? And, you know, it's interesting where the values of some are being celebrated over and at the expense of other people. And one of the reasons I love the fact that we work with Dennis and as closely as we do when it comes to your financial situation is, you know, the market doesn't really care who you are. And if you're dealing with a big, you know, no-name financial institution, they don't care who you are. They want profit for their their shareholders, first and foremost. They hope you'll make a profit, but they're going to get paid and their shareholders are going to get paid, and then it moves on from there. When you work with Wilson Financial Advisors, the first order of business is this is God's resources we're talking about. These are. And how can we help you? as the investor, steward that money? How can we help you defer or pay no taxes in retirement? How can we help you get the best, most solid investments that you can pass on as a legacy to your kids and grandkids? How can you set up your estate so you can support ministries like Preborn and ADF and, and others? Wilson Financial Advisors can help you do that and get your financial house in order in a world that's coming after us. I mean, really are from a legal standpoint, financially, morally. Uh, click the Wilson Financial Advisors banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net or call 800-696-9970 because I know the next time he and I go to the ball game, we're going to just you know make sure you have to pick the day now. You got to pick it carefully, you know, and find out when is that. I, I, I shudder for the kids in Southern California. Or maybe the ones who are saying, hey, that's Father's Day weekend that they picked this, Friday, June the 16th. Mm. What if it's your dad's birthday and you have a tradition of taking the family to the ballpark? A dear friend of mine, who's he's an optometrist here in town, and we became friends because he was advertising on a Christian radio station I worked at. And he he wasn't a Christian at the time. Someone just said, hey, you want to reach a group you know, with contact lenses and whatever else you sell, you should advertise here. He started doing it, and so many people witnessed to him that he became a Christian. He came to faith in Christ. And he's a diehard Dodger fan, and he just posted on his social media this morning. He said, you know, I heard the uproar. We have an annual tradition. My wife and I take our grandsons to the stadium every year for, you know, a grandma and grandpa game. And we thought, okay, we're going to get, we already have the tickets. We're going to go. And after just the vibe in the ballpark and reading more about this, this is the last time we're going until they make some changes. I mean, we, we can't sub- continue to support this. And then he made some interesting points. He goes, if the Dodger fan base is 43% Latino, and those Latinos are very heavily strong, you know, influenced by the Christian faith, the Catholic faith. If 80% of the people who attend Dodger games on a regular basis at least have a basic reverence for God, why would you choose to honor a group? that, as John mentioned, caters to the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. 
who are trying to raise a thousand dollars to legalize mer- medical marijuana or something like that in San Francisco. I mean, that that's the extent of their outreach. How do we help AIDS patients? You know, I mean, everybody should be working to help people who are you know suffering from some kind of debilitating illness. But everything that the sisters of the whoever they are are, are, are it's all designed to help one very specific group. And the idea that, you know, when you take something that is as American, that has such a long-standing history, I mean, look at the good that has come out of baseball, for crying out loud. It was Major League Baseball that integrated professional sports, for crying out loud. I mean, the the, the, the idea of elevating women during World War II and having the All-American Girls League, I mean, baseball is a very sentimental game and a very sentimental institution. The fact that they would attack here as opposed to, I don't see this type of thing happening in football. Or, I mean, and hockey yeah. batted it down pretty quickly. I mean, I, kudos Not to yet the NHL. you don't. Not yet you well, don't. Yeah, I mean, they, I they, they, they've, got the, they've got their own demons to work through. But kudos to the NHL, at least, for swatting down the pride jerseys and this, that, and the other thing. Major League Baseball has gone so far off the deep end. And I, the question then is, well, what do you do? Do I, t- you know, do I take my grandson to a baseball game now, knowing that this type of thing might break out? I, I want to make sure that he's safe. I want to make sure he enjoys the game. We'll find something else to do. Where you, you're not worthy of our dollars. We have to we have to be good stewards with the way we handle our money. We're not just going to go blow it at a ballpark that's out there saying, "Hey, you know what? These guys who like to do pole dancing on Jesus when he's on the cross and they act like strippers around the Son of God. Oh, we're okay with that because you're a good philanthropic organization. I'm not buying it." Yeah, you guys, well, you know, we got to call this for what it is. This is grooming of the younger generation. It is. That's all Absolutely it is, is, and we cannot participate in it. And we have got to do every single thing we possibly can. I mean, I don't know how much you guys talk about this on your shows, but for me, it's a weekly basis. We have got to fight back against this nonsense, mm-hmm. or it's going to ruin our culture. Well, can I just say, I believe the way to fight back, I mean, we're seeing darkness increasing and and darkness always is defeated by light. You know, we are the light of the world, Jesus said, and I think the way to fight back is to be Christians and to love other people and to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we possibly can and stand for truth and righteousness. But, you know, the idea that we just complain about it and hope that it goes away, that's not going to work. I'm totally against it. Um, And, you know, I've got a lot of friends that quit watching the NFL and almost greed my heart. These are guys I used to watch in NFL games with, but the whole kneeling during the national anthem thing. And I gave up on the NBA, not so much because of the Black Lives Matter signs that they were painting on their floor, and they still do, but because they stopped playing defense. But the reality is, um, you know, the NBA is into all of this kind of stuff. Roger, you're right. Hockey kind of shoot it away. But this is the culture we live in, and darkness is growing, but we can defeat that with light. And I think that we need to not, in other words, not give up the offense that we can still play as believers. Um, Jesus said, you know, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And I don't think we have anything to fear. I think we need to stand boldly, confidently, and shine the light of Christ wherever we possibly can because the darkness can't comprehend it, can't stand up against it. Right. And I, I, agree, with I agree with all that, Neil, but that means we also don't spend our money with those organizations. That's right. That Actually You're correct. Those things. Right, absolutely. Because you You're know what, correct. you can you can shine the light of Christ and at the same time not uh, show there. righteous indignation. Okay, Jesus overturned the tables and chased people out with whips. There's a time to do stuff like that. They were desecrating the house of the Lord. But I would argue it's also righteous indignation to say, uh, no, you will not come after my children and try to gender confuse them and That's expose right. them to explicit images and send some hairy man into the locker room or shower or bathroom with my little ten year old girl. Forget it. I'm going to overturn a table and chase some people out with a whip. I can do that in Christ's name too. That's also
also showing the light of Christ. The way that we do it, though, is exactly what you guys are saying. We, we bring light to the, the truth of what they're doing and say, you know what, let's not spend our money there. This is America. They want to do stuff like that. Wait, okay, fine. Way, I'm not going to spend doing, my Bob, money with look them. At, look at Anheuser-Busch and Target and look at yeah, what their, their, their cap value has done in the past you know, and that's necessary. So. It's, it's and, necessary. And this is the free, right. by the way, this is the free market. Libertarian right. John, this is the free market doing its yep. job. Okay? Money it talks really to is. These guys. By the way, money can talks. I just say on a on a side note, I don't know how many of you may have seen this. Uh, I saw this video from Bill Maher and his HBO show. And Bill Maher was interviewing, he had his panel, of course, and he had his one token conservative, happened to be Dennis Prager. And Dennis Prager was talking about transgenderism. Now, this is an old video from years ago. It is. And Prager pointed out, he said, can I just make something clear, okay? Uh, men cannot get pregnant. And when he declared that truth, the audience laughed, and Bill Maher and everybody else was shocked and laughing that he said that, not because they thought he was wrong for saying that, but because they thought that was some silly non sequitur that why would he even say something like that? And Bill Maher goes, what are you talking about? Nobody out there thinks men can get pregnant. That's absurd. So in other words, they laughed at him for being so absurd as to say something like the sky is blue and everybody already knows that. Okay, this wasn't 2005. This wasn't 2010. Guys, this was 2019. This was three and a half years ago. Wow. Bill Maher and his audience laughed at at Dennis Prager saying, can I just say that men can't get pregnant? What are you? Who in the world? Bill Maher actually said, nobody believes men can get pregnant. What is wrong with you? And yeah. guys, here we are three and a half years later. Now you can get canceled and lose your job and That's everything right. for saying that. That's right. I know. So it, it's it, it. I'm telling you, this is moving with breakneck speed right now. This is absolutely a demonic movement. It's spiritual yes, it warfare. Uh, this is Satan, Satan pushing this agenda large. And we as believers need to make sure that we're watchmen on the wall, that we're an oak tree in a tornado, and that we do not take on the flavor of the world. Because this is, it's bad enough when Target and Coles and Bud Light and L.A. Dodgers do stuff like this. But, Neil, I know you know this. Roger, you too, as pastors, this is happening in the body of Christ. We're seeing more and more churches going soft in this area and pastors mm -hmm. being afraid and timid to speak the truth. And that's that's got to stop. So I uh, let me just say, I know we're coming to the end of this podcast, folks. When you listen to this podcast, and we appreciate you folks doing that, we want you to support our sponsors, support our advertisers. Okay, Wilson Financial, we appreciate them supporting this podcast. Support them. ADF, thank you so much for fighting for us. And you know what? Let's fight for ADF. Let's fund them financially. And then also Preborn. Uh, right now, you can stop some abortions, folks. It's $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion by paying for ultrasound images through preborn, would you do that right now? Take twenty-eight dollars times fill in the blank, and whatever that number is, uh, is it a thousand? Is it a hundred babies? Ten babies? Whatever the number is, it's a one-time gift. Just go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the preborn tab, and you can give right there. Everything you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on preborn, and if you want to give over the phone, call eight three three eight five zero baby. They answer the phones 24-7, so you'll talk to a real-life person. 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. 
Uh, we appreciate you folks listening to us. We do. And you can listen to episodes of us at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you listen. If you want to watch a video of us, you can do that at myhopenow.com. And, of course, support and follow My Hope Now in whatever social media sites you like going to. And, of course, it's Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live, Buffalo, New York, John Rush, Rush Therese in Denver, Colorado. Uh, Roger the Dodger Marsh, bottom line, People's Republic of California, and myself, Bob Duco. Uh, yeah. Rogers, no way we're going to let you slide Roger on this, Roger ain't man. no Dodger this is, Marsh. This that's, is, right. that's right. He's an angel. <laughs> Roger Angel Marsh. Uh, all right. Guys, great catching up with you. Thanks a lot. Likewise. All right. Thanks, all right. We'll Have see you all week. next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, Saving Babies and Souls. ADF, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty, and by Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And ADF, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Your generous financial support makes it possible for ADF to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to show your financial support. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.